I lived in San Francisco okay. for a long time. I, I met my wife in the mid '90s and ended up moving to the East Coast. Uh, okay. For her, uh, so we were in New York City for a long time while yeah. she was in graduate school, and now she teaches at Yale, and I live up in uh, right outside of New Haven. Okay. New York I, was New York a tough place to live as a cartoonist? Well, um, yes and no. I mean. It's good. Do you live here? Where do you yeah, live? Yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah. Queens, yeah. I mean, I, I feel it's kind of great to live here because there's yeah. there's so many other cartoonists. Sure. You know, you have your this sort of community. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough place because as a cartoonist, you probably work at home. Yeah. And all the stuff, you know, like like working at home in New York is sure. kind of hard because nobody has any space. It's also, it's also you know, and, and I've, I ask myself this a lot, too. There was a while where I was freelancing. I, I go back in the office now, but... I was kind of starting to wonder why I was living in New York because I wasn't really, I wasn't leaving the apartment. Right, right. You know, it's like, why am I paying this exorbitant rent if I never leave no, a five-block radius? No, that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, I, I felt that as well. Yeah. But I, 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 I miss it. Yeah. You know? But you're able to, I mean, you're able to do what you do from anywhere at this yeah, point, right? Yeah, And you're syndicated kind of all over the place now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... Do you come to comic shows a lot? Or you a lot no, um, I'm, I've got this new publisher, IDW. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that I landed with them was that last year I had this Kickstarter that went really well, yeah. and then they approached me after okay. that. And so they are the first sort of comics industry publisher yeah. I've ever had. Before this, I was always with uh, more mainstream yeah. book publishers, who I have to say always treated me... With varying degrees of indifference. Um, I mean, I, I some <laughs> yeah. some better than others, and I don't want to disparage sure. anyone because there are a lot of people I, I really liked that yeah. I worked with. But the the sort of mainstream publishers just never really, you know, embraced the comics collection yeah. uh, in the way that these guys have done. By you know, they've got a big uh, banner up with you know promoting the book, yeah. and they, they're giving out these masks of uh, my Trump. my caricature yeah. of the Trump yeah. face. Uh, which people are wearing, you know, in their costumes. Uh, you know, yeah. like Darth Vader was wearing a, a, a Trump mask. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really great. Yeah, but but yeah, no, this is this is actually I've never really had a comics publisher to come and do this sort of thing. Um, so it's kind of new to me. I mean, I've been going to comic conventions off and on my entire life, but um, somehow the. The, the political work that I do was never quite in the in the demographic of, of a of a San yeah. Diego or a New York Comic Con. It's a weird. I mean, it's it's always struck me as kind of a, a weird weird world, and obviously it ebbs and flows. And you know, every once in a while, a, a Doonesbury will come along and actually be kind of a mainstream phenomenon. But um, for the most part, you know, aside from kind of those one-off panels that we see, I mean, isn't it, it seems like political cartooning is kind of a niche, right? I th- oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not uh, so. I, I, I guess from that standpoint, maybe it makes sense why a mainstream publisher just has no idea what the hell to do with it. Right, you. right. Uh, and you're stuff- I'm not sure anyone has any idea what. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's been this is this has been great because I spent a few years kind of in the publishing wilderness because yeah. publishers for a while had the idea that that uh, com- cartoon compilations weren't going to sell in the hmm. age of the internet. Um, yeah, and. This coupled with I, I had some, I, I had a couple terrible experiences with publishers in a row in a row yeah. that kind of killed my sales history. So I, I had a hard time, you know, finding a publisher to work with for a while. And 
the Kickstarter kind of turned it around. Yeah. Now working with these guys, I mean, they're just they're amazing. They they have all these ideas. They want to do all these different things. Uh, I came in the the whole the reason they approached me was to do a second edition of the Kickstarter project, yeah. which was a uh, a hardcover. It was a two volume hardcover, thousand page, twenty five year career compilation. So they wanted to come in and do a second edition, which is great because the Kickstarter edition sold out. It's distributed, and then it's done. It's not going to be in bookstores. It's not you know like its life is over. They are extending the life of this yeah. of this book. Along the way, they decided they wanted to do a trade paperback also, and that's what we're doing right now. Were, were, were you wary of, of Kickstarter before you started, uh, particularly like going on on your own to do that? Well, I always said that if I was going to go through all that work, I was going to do it for something enormous, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I did. Yeah. Um, but I had I had partners. I had I was working with this company called Make That Thing. Which yeah. is affiliated with Topatico up in uh, North Carolina. Sure. But you weren't at Random House or Macmillan. You, you know, you weren't oh, with a big no, publishing and, and company. And it was there were terrifying. Even there goes my banner. Um, <laughs> even in uh, even with the partners, yeah, uh, and they were doing the, the actual physical shipping of so forth of this fifteen pound yeah. book. But um, it was terrifying. The first when I had to when I had to like wire transfer the money to the overseas printer, you know, and when I was watching the, yeah, yeah. the boat. You know, tracking the boat as it made its way. You know, all of these things. Yeah, like it was. It was just there. Were, there was all this stuff that I was responsible for yeah. in a way that, as a cartoonist, you just you do the cartoons and you send them out, and other people deal with all that crap. And it was the first time I had been personally responsible for all this stuff. And yeah, it was. It, it was. You know, that project really took two years of my life because I had to go through everything. Part of the reason I did it was that my archives were a mess and I knew that if I dropped dead, no one was ever going to be able to make head, head or tails yeah. of them and I just actually wanted to but was, get them in But order. it was really a sense of, if I don't do this, it's just not going to happen. Would, like, it, there's no, no infrastructure in So much of what you needed to know to, to yeah. get it in order was just in my head. Yeah. And and I just... I, so I, I spent, you know, I think like a year before the Kickstarter actually went live preparing the book we had the book 75 percent laid out before the kickstarter went live and that was all just an act of faith on yeah. my part on their on 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 the, the people on my on yeah. my partner's part that was just a complete act of faith that we were going to raise the money i i really didn't know if we were going to our initial uh goal if i'm remembering correctly was eighty-seven thousand. And this was a number that we came up with where my partners would make money. I was foregoing all profit. My only <laughs> overriding concern yeah. was that I wanted this just book wanted to this exist. In the world. Yeah. So that was just like, and so I envisioned it was going to be this month of like, oh, you know, we'll watch. Yeah. Maybe we'll get close. Maybe we'll get a little bit past it. We hit that in the first day. Huh. And then, it, it, yeah. you know, in the course of the month, it was over 300000 by the time we were done. Were you... Were you, was it hard? Has it traditionally been hard for you to kind of gauge what the interest level is, particularly when it's oh, yeah. like you know you, you know you, being syndicated and you, you're sort of isolated, working yeah. alone, and especially when you don't even I don't even have like I mean I run on uh, Daily Coast and the Nation yeah. and in the Nib, yeah, uh, and, and I still run in actually a lot of weekly papers. The weekly I first papers, saw you in the Metro Santa Cruz, many yeah, years I, ago. you know like yeah. in that those kind of mid-sized weekly papers. There's still a lot of them out there, yeah. and they're still. Uh, paying a lot of my bills, to be honest. Um, but yes, I, I I have this. I work in this weird isolation. Like email is not. People don't use email as much as they used to. I used to get a lot of feedback from email. Yeah. And that's kind of dropped off. Email has become a thing that old people use. Yeah. Like yeah. You know that. You know. Um, 
you get a certain amount. Like I, I engage on Twitter pretty frequently, and so yeah. I get some feedback from a uh, from people there. Um, actually, a fair amount of feedback there. But yeah, it, for 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 given that we live in the information age, it's kind of weird how you know I will have people come up to me and well, I, I mean I just had breakfast this morning with the the CEO of of this publisher yeah. IDW. And he's, he has, it turns out, has been a fan for years, back to the Kickstarter, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, like, you know, I, gosh, I wish I had known that a few years ago when I was <laughs> trying to find a publisher, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you, you, it, it seems like, you know, what, what, kind of what I know about you, though, is it seems like you've, to a certain degree, had to learn a lot of these business elements of it anyway. I mean, you're not, you're not at a level where you can ju- just make art and have other people deal with like syndication deals and things like that no right? no i have to do all the yeah. the business stuff this does having a wife who teaches at yale help at all or you well what that helps with uh my wife has tenure at yale so what that helps sure. with is in this kind of weird media moment yeah. where the the newspapers are going out of business and and if they have to cut costs the first thing they're going to cut is the cartoon yeah and you know i have some as i i I run on some good sites online, but running on three or four sites online is not the same thing as running in 200 sure. newspapers, yeah. uh, you know, even just financially. So just there's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. even for me. And I've been doing this a long time, and I have a pretty decent audience, but there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. And having a wife who has a guaranteed job for life just takes a lot of the edge off when, when, sure, I'm, but- I'm, when I'm looking at the uncertain future as a sort of... Uh, anxious person and, and trying to figure out. I mean, I feel like I've been saying that it's all going to go to hell in five <laughs> yeah. years for like yeah. ten years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, if, but if there's a point, but if there if there comes a point where you're not, where it's not financially feasible for you to do it, do you stop doing it? Well, I'm I'm happy to say that I'm a long way from that moment. Yeah. Um, like a lot of things would have to go wrong yeah. for that to be the case. Um, and I've I've you know I've expanded into different. Like I have a, I have a, a a subscription mailing list that actually brings in like a good chunk of my income. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of I've diversified. You know, I've always the reason I self syndicated to begin with was because I wanted to keep my eggs in a lot of different baskets. Yeah. Uh, the thing that went wrong for me in the all weekly world is that the baskets started merging. You know, like the papers joined these. They, they people went on buying sprees and and the papers yeah. s- suddenly turned into these giant chains. And then it turned out that the chains had overextended themselves, and they, they had to, like, start cutting costs, and so they started cutting cartoons. Mm. Um, but I always believed in, you know, just having income from a lot of different sources. And so it would... I, I'm a, I think that I am more in danger of just burning out yeah. than I am on, on, uh, on just doing this work, which is... You know, for during this election, yeah. this work has been exhausting. I am I am counting the days till this election is over at this point, and I do have these sort of escape fantasies of what would it be like to like not have this pressing weekly deadline and have to sort of yeah. Well, you you have the pressure of the pressing weekly deadline. I mean, but, that, but that's a base level. Yeah, exactly. Because I because I think about like um, Tim Kreider, for example. Like he just like he kind of got sick of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like he just couldn't like. He, he just couldn't keep doing that to himself. Or like, you know, like... Uh, well, even or David Rees, when he was, he, he was doing uh, yeah. uh, Get Your Warren, yeah, yeah, yeah. people loved that strip. Yeah. It was enormously popular. 
but he just he yeah. burned out. He burned yeah, out. Yeah, but you know, and and when you look at like um, like like uh, Tom the Dancing Bug or something, like at least he doesn't have to be political week in week out, right. which I'm sure saves him a little bit of sanity. On no, top and of I, I I was I admire that, and I was kind of try to edge toward that. Yeah. But I I the audience has certain expectations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could uh, I could see just kind of like wanting to take a break at some point. Do you, do you have to kind of be outraged and angry all the time in order for a strip like that to work? A lot of the time, yeah. <laughs> Does and, that, and that, that comes naturally that to you, though? You know, it, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you have to strike a balance in life. Yeah. And, and this election, this, this past year, it's just been outrage and anger all the I time. I just can't, I can't tell because I, I had this conversation with somebody recently and we were talking about Bush. And, you know, part of it is that a lot of time has passed, you know, that we've had two full terms in between of, I don't know, I think a pretty good president. Um, I don't know how much of it's time passing. I don't know how much of it is the fact that, like, we are actually at a point right now where things are legitimately that much crazier. I mean, is this really, as somebody who's been doing what you've been doing for a long time and picking it apart and following it really closely, um, is this as uh, unprecedented as as it appears? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, it okay. really okay. like, like yeah. you know things. I mean, you know, Obama's entire term has has led to this this yeah. this racist backlash, yeah. the, the Tea Party, the whole thing. But but the Trump phenomenon is like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I don't know when we're when you're going to post this, but as we're as we're recording this interview. Uh, the news just came out last night. Yeah, uh, of, God, that was of, just last of, night. Yeah, of, of Trump saying that, uh, uh, the Access Hollywood tapes. The Access out. Hollywood yeah. tapes. I don't really want to say what he said. Um, and you know, I was actually like, like that's also been the thing yeah. about this election. I, I was, I had a, I had a cartoon ready to go that was sort of a generic, like, like event-proof cartoon. Yeah. Uh, it's it's bizarro universe Donald Trump is very reasonable yeah. and and is very respectful. But you were like and you know I'm gonna I have was, to be at Comic Con all I, weekend. So I did this yeah. cartoon ahead of time yeah. that I thought could not be like like anything could happen, and I thought the cartoon would still yeah. be good because it was a, a broader general topic thing. It didn't specifically reference yeah. anything. And then this happens, and you know I'm I've got to go back. I've got a panel tomorrow on Sunday. I got to get on the train, go back to New Haven. And rewrite that cartoon tomorrow night before it goes live Monday wow. morning because this thing is so, you know, yeah. This is such a major news story as we're sitting here talking, yeah. That I can't not reference it, you know. And that's that's what's been exhausting. Like every week, like like you you cannot uh, you you write something on Tuesday, it's yeah. going to be way old news by Thursday. Yeah. You know, there's going to be something. The other thing is the caricature is the uh, uh, satire, I should say. Is the is the art of making something more absurd than it is in order to sure. highlight its contradictions? Sure, sure. You know, making I mean, Trump is his own caricature. Yeah. Making Trump more absurd than he is, and I say this as someone who's who's turned him into a version of the Incredible Hulk. You know, this giant orange yeah. rage monster. Making Trump more absurd in in a cartoon than he is in real life is is has been I think the biggest challenge huh. that I have seen in 25 years. It's is it not fun to cover something as insane as this though? I don't I don't find it so for yeah. because of what I was yeah. just saying like like I what is there for me to bring to this as a yeah. as a satirist like I, 
I might as well just be transcribing him, which I've actually done a few times, you know. Um, but no, I, 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 I don't find it. I, 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 I mean, people say, oh, it must be so easy. The cartoons must, you know, sure. write themselves. No, sure. no, no, no. It yeah. is actually ten times harder than than if it were, I don't know, Jeb Bush or Ted Cruz. Yeah. You know, uh, instead. Yeah. What what is so? What is your job? I mean, you know, what what are you? Obviously, like it's 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 important to have fun and to have something funny and to. Uh, but but what, it, what, what baseline? What is your job as a satirist? Like, what do you feel like you're really bringing to the table? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, at, at this stage in my career, I feel like I've established, um, you know, I've established this this work, and I have this audience, and sort of my job at this point is to continue doing yeah. the work that I have established. You know, there was a moment. 25 years ago where I was young and brash and thought that I had the answers yeah. and, and needed to point out all these things to yeah. the world and um, so I've been doing that a long time and, and the world has not changed has significantly <laughs> as a result of my, ins- my, my my continued insistence but I would like to think that I'm just part like, like I'm part of the part of I'm one of many many voices yeah. pushing in the direction okay. that I would like to see the world move in in some cases, it has moved in that direction. The idea, if you had told me 25 years ago that gay marriage would be legal yes. in, in yeah, such yeah, a yeah. widespread way, yeah. I, I, w- I would not have imagined yeah. that I would have seen that in my lifetime. So in some ways, the change happens. In other ways, we are, you know, as, as Trump shows, like we are, we are constantly in danger of backsliding into something terrible in this country. But, but what is- and, and I have a voice. Yeah. I have a... I have a I have a, a place in the public yeah. dialogue. I have a thing that people read. And if I can, you know, if I can just keep putting things out there that, 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 uh, that, that I don't know, that, that sort of yeah. add to that public dialogue. But, but so, so what is, what is the, um, you know, aside again, aside from laughter, what is the ideal reaction for somebody to have of, uh, you know, of... Well, I, I consider it that I, I consider it a dialogue with friends, mm. you know? So, I mean, and obviously there are a lot of people who read it and go, that is yeah. terrible, yeah. liberal idiot. What is, he, <laughs> what is he writing about? But I feel like I'm writing for people who are like-minded people. And what I'm trying to do and what, what, what the, the reaction that I've gotten a lot over the years is that the cartoon will encapsulate, like, the, you know, people will know that, that doesn't, that's not quite right. There's something yeah. there. but. What I'm pretty good at is putting it into words. Yeah. You know, like like sort of encapsulating it in a way that people go, Oh yes, that's like a that's shorthand. The shorthand for, yeah. that that sort of you know, that's 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 kind of what political cartoonists yeah. in general do. Yeah. Have you gotten have you become less political as you've kind of tired of some of these issues? I don't I don't think so at all. No. Um, no, I, I've I've become You know, I, I uh, I've, I've become maybe a little bit less intense or in my certainty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's that's just kind of with age, also, right? Yeah. That's not necessarily working on this every week. Right. Right. Um, why? Why? How did you get into it in the first place? I mean, did you want to be an artist? Was yeah, that the first I was. Step? A, I was a lifelong comics fan. Okay. And I always, I mean, really, literally. 
at the age of like seven, I was drawing little comic strips yeah, yeah, yeah. and trying to draw yeah. Snoopy and things like that. So it was just a lifelong, you know, I I didn't choose the muse. I, the muse chose sure. me, and I just had the muse that chose me happened to be this sort of obscure art form yeah. that doesn't really <laughs> make well, a lot of money. <laughs> I guess I guess the medium the medium chose you, but uh, where where did the message come from? At what point did did you start becoming political through your comics? Well. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. I I, I did start out uh, doing work that was more sort of social satire, so yeah. it was sort of inherently political, but it was not specifically political. Exactly. And um, there weren't actual politicians in it, right? Yeah. And and basically, what happened was that uh, the first President Bush uh, started gearing up for a war with Iraq. And I was angry about it, and I was out marching in the streets and doing the things that you do. And and sort of the little cartoon light bulb went off over yeah. my head, and I, I realized that I had a public forum in which I could discuss these things yeah. that I felt very strongly about. And it kind of, you know, then I, I just never really looked back. Did, did you have the notion early on, I mean, you know, because, you know, obviously when the majority of your stuff is coming out through The Nation or through an alt-weekly... Um, it's clear that you are kind of preaching to the choir, right? That you're writing, like you said, for friends. Early on, did you have the notion that you might be able to actually legitimately change minds? I See, this, the funny thing is I never expected to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and yet, periodically, people will come up to me and say that I changed their yeah. mind on something. So yeah. it is more, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, maybe I'm a little more persuasive than I give myself credit for. But I also think the humor... And mockery, to yeah. be honest, are, are very strong weapons. Um, I, I'm not going to change the mind of, 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 of some gun nut or something, but if I can help to delegitimize the things that the yeah. gun nut believes, then that's that's work worth doing. You, you mentioned David Reese earlier, and, and you know I think that from in a sense like our aesthetically, he probably took some influence from you in the way that Possibly. you know. You, you use I, I don't know clip, clip art probably isn't quite the right word I, for I you started it's, it, it was always the cartoon was always a mix of, yeah. of collage and cartooning yeah. and then it sort of developed into this thing where now I'm doing it digitally but I'm reusing yeah. my own drawings and, and there's a lot of sort of uh, Photoshop cut and paste involved was, was, it, was it saving time or was it just an no, aesthetic no in fact choice? it takes me longer really? I, I think but it is just the look it yeah. is the look of the strip yeah. and, and how did uh, why why did that why did that make sense why because it started out uh, inspired by old advertising imagery and the falseness of old advertising imagery advertising yeah. is is our social realism advertising is capitalism's social realism yeah. and the advertising of the 1930s and 40s and 50s was just particularly blatant yeah. and it just seemed to resonate to take that you know everyone knew we, everyone had everyone this part of our culture everyone yeah. everyone relate you know just instinctively understands this so to take these characters and then have their happy talk about, be about um, politicians instead of instead of being about whatever product they're trying to sell just seemed to work but that predates this strip really becoming political or near yeah, really yeah. Becoming... as I say it started out yeah. as a satire on consumerism but that's really interesting I mean you know the, I, now it's obviously with your stuff it's hard to divorce those things but when you Particularly when you think about a politician, I mean, you know, you were when you started. It wasn't all that long after Reagan. Reagan's right. probably a good example of right. this. You know, Bush certainly was. I know I keep, I know I keep pointing to Republicans, but there's probably a reason for that. Um, uh, of a 
I mean, this probably applies to Clinton and even like even Obama to some degree of a, a politician being something that you're selling, right? I mean, right, right. And and the fact that you'd already like created this aesthetic, it sort of slot in perfectly to that. Yeah, no, it evolved, but it yeah. evolved very naturally, and it just seemed to work well. But then you're you're sitting in front of this banner here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a reason that I added the penguin. Yeah. Because I had all these characters who sort of spoke in like this opposite language. Like if I was trying to make a point, I had to make the point by yeah. having them say the opposite thing in a, in a in some sort of humorous way. And I I needed a character that would just walk out and break you know walk out on stage and break the fourth yeah. wall and, and rant and rave and and that's where the penguin came from. Did that did that feel like a cheat early on to to really have um, somebody? Expl- basically explain things to people no because it, it just it broadened the range yeah. of, of uh, it broadened the range of possibilities within the strip yeah yeah I mean it, there, there is there's an interesting history of that with political cartooning of at a certain point you do really kind of have to spell things out for people right I mean the classic the, the, well, the classic people, well go ahead sorry well I was just gonna say like the classic in political cartooning would be like you know I have a big fat guy and it says deficit on his stomach right? well it, it, for me I mean, my my impulse every week is to come up with something high concept, yeah. some crazy, ridiculous thing. But I have noticed, just in terms of like looking at you know face, how how viral something will go on Facebook yeah. or something, that that quite often people really, really like the strips where Sparky just comes out and says, "This is fucked up and bullshit." <laughs> you know, like yeah. those are some of my most yeah. popular strips, and they're the easiest ones to write. So yeah. I feel a little guilty about it. I try not to do it very often because I like to push myself a little beyond that but people do really respond to just the straightforward message sometimes you can be too clever it is interesting though it, you know it seems like in a sense um we've circled back around you know we, we're talking about comics in you know the, the, the 80s we're talking about the move from you know floppy comics to longer full-length graphic novels but now because of the way that we consume media right the comic strip is actually a much better... For, there's a reason why so many web comics are comic strips. Mm-hmm. It's a much better way to consume something on right. the internet one well, piece it's at a, a time. Uh, you know, I got to say, online right now, it's a golden age yeah. of, of cartooning. Like like the stuff that Matt Borges is doing on yeah. the nib. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely, um, yeah. It, it is an amazing time yeah. to be a comics... To be a fan of this kind of political or short-form cartooning. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... It's a weird art form because it's it's kind of not sustainable. Like you really have to find a weird niche to like, yeah. you know, do it for a living. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're any right, I have, I have watched so many young writers come up. Yeah. Uh, you know, start out blogging, get jobs, start their own sites, get funding. I've watched this over and over again. This almost never there. There's, I mean, Boris has funding for the nib. Yeah, and there's maybe two other cartoonists with jobs online. Yeah, and that is it. Everyone else is just getting paid on a on a piecemeal or, basis. Or you know, like Ward Sutton has to do all that illustration on the side. Right, with right. Well, stuff. almost everyone does, yeah. or, or some other stuff. And and you're you're able to. I mean, again, it helps having a wife who's tenured. Well, actually, no. I'm. I mean, that helps, as I say, with just the sort of head yeah. exploding uh, part of it. Um, but no, I'm I. I, as I say, I still have all these newspapers, yeah. and that the sites, and then the uh, the the mailing list, the additional work, uh, whatever other illustration jobs come through. You know, it all adds up, yeah. so that I'm not in any danger of like not being able to eat. Um, 
but I've also been doing this 25 years. Yeah. I have a reputation. I have, I have. But you know, once the newspapers, yeah. once the newspapers go, if they do, my income's going to drop significantly. But one of, I mean, one of the upsides of working in comics, specifically one of the upsides of working in newspaper comics, is that it is one of those mediums where having done it for a long time is to your benefit, right? Yes and no. That's true in daily papers. Um, that's true for some alternative weeklies. Yeah. For others, they will just drop you like, like, yeah. like you know, like fish wrap. Or <laughs> yeah. That doesn't quite work. They will drop you like a hot potato. Yeah. When they're done with you, they're done with you. I will, I will get dropped by newspapers sometime, and they don't even bother to tell me that they've dropped me. So it, it you know, and, but, but on the other hand, like, I don't know. If they've been running the cartoon for 10 years or something, yeah. maybe it is time for a change, you know, honestly. I'm going I'm to be a little bit crass about this, but, you know, I think, I think you'll be able to take it given, like, the subject matter. Um, is the Penguin a hook from, you know, beyond just being some kind of uh, narrator and, and beyond being a mouthpiece, you know, for you in a sense, is the Penguin... Um, He's, he's a cartoon character. He's an adorable penguin with the visor on, right? I mean... I, I, well, the funny thing is he started out... Um, he was introduced into the strip as, yeah. as a fake marketing ploy. Like, the idea within the yeah. reality of the strip yeah. was that he was going to be the lovable cartoon yeah, exactly. character okay. and we sold merchandise and so forth. Yeah. We actually, with, with Topatico, we actually did end up making uh, yeah. stuffed sparkies. They they didn't sell very well. <laughs> so he, he's, yeah. he's, he's not actually in danger of becoming the sure. next uh, uh, Garfield or anything. Sure, yeah, I mean, you, you probably won't see him, like, on the back of any cars, but, uh, again, this idea of having you being a recognizable name, having a recognizable aesthetic, maybe there's something to, you know, if I'm a regular reader of, you know, an all-weekly that you're in, and I turn that page and I see a familiar character, there Yeah, but, I, but the, you know, what you have to keep in mind is that I literally use him maybe four times a year like he oh, really? is he is really if you go back and look maybe maybe six or seven but you know depending on the on the i'm like shocked to hear that because like i i so associate him with your work yeah yeah but I, i'm probably underestimating and sure. i'm sure that you could go through and count it up and yeah. it would be more than that but um i you know the the, the sort of classic uh talking head strip where sparky is talking yeah. to biff and and yeah. arguing about something that happens like maybe once or twice a year yeah. that happens very rarely um, so he's actually in the strip less than you might think. Yeah. Do, do you, again, this idea that, that he might, in a sense, kind of be like a crutch, is that part of the reason why you don't have him in there as much? I, yeah, no, I just, I, I, I he's not a crutch. He's, he's, a, yeah. he's, a, he's just an additional tool. Okay. You know? But, it, but it, is he something that you don't necessarily want to rely on that heavily? Uh, he just he just doesn't fit in. I mean, yeah. there are many realities within this cartoon, and yeah. if I'm doing uh, uh, if I'm doing the Incredible Trump, or if I'm doing the the aliens on the planet Glox, yeah. or if I'm doing you know, there there are a lot of sort of alternate universes that I present from week to week, and Sparky only lives in one yeah. of them. So so you know I, I can ask you this because this obviously the podcast will come out after the the next strip does. Um, it's a good opportunity, though, given the fact that you do have to go home and really re retool it. Um, so you know, in a sense, what you're writing about. You know what the big story is. What well, what is the process, and where are you with in this, this strip? in this situation? Um, I, the strip I, I described it already. The Bizarro yeah. Yeah, 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 universe yeah. thing. Um, so basically, 
you know, I, I, I have a life to live, and the fact is that story broke at like 5 p.m. on Friday, yeah. and I've been busy all yeah, weekend. Sure. And I am actually not a news source. Like like people, you know, people have yeah. all kinds of things where they can actually learn about what's happening. But God help us if they're using your strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel like my 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 what I feel like I have to do just to satisfy myself is for that cartoon that comes out Monday morning yeah. to at least reference this story. Okay. So fortunately, it's a multi-panel cartoon talking about various aspects yeah. of, of Trump's personality. One of them talks about how the, uh, and this was already written, but it was written about uh, the Miss Universe thing yeah, yeah. last week. Uh, one of them talks about how Bizarro Trump treats women, unfailingly treats women with respect and dignity. Yeah. And then the the, jo- the, the word sure. balloons were about uh, Machado. So I'm just going to rewrite it so that it's yeah. uh, uh, something about... Um, uh, uh, I had it in mind earlier. Something about how uh, Vogel... You know, uh, Bizarro Trump would never in, would would never uh, uh, use vulgar sexual yeah. objectification uh, because it's demeaning and abhorrent. You know, and so just I will come up with something like that, and it will it will at least reference the news story, even if the entire cartoon. And then I will write another cartoon. This is the thing, and there will be more. And it yeah. will just have it will just keep going on. It's a treadmill that I am on all the are, time. Are you are you able to front load it at all? Are you able to cause use some well, like, in, evergreen in, and generally in life I am able to yeah. this election has made it this this past sure. two months in particular yeah. has made it almost impossible to front load. I will I will try to get something written at the toward the beginning of the week and as I say it will be outdated by yeah. the end of the week. So do so these days, you know, in the lead up to November, do do you find yourself working right up against a deadline a lot? Unintentionally, yeah. just because, as I say, Trump will do something even crazier yeah. than he did the last time. Yeah. When you look at the 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 twenty fifth anniversary book, um, do you ever do you ever wish that you were doing something a little more long form or sustained? Is that something that interests you? Yeah. Um, I, I have been wanting to yeah. branch out creatively, and it's actually something I'm talking with my new publisher okay. about. Because, and I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if you also. I don't know if you saw this, but we just um, the announcement just came out uh, last night that um, I, the strip has been optioned by uh, an animation studio called oh, wow. Film Roman, yeah, yeah. which. Uh, does the work for hire on the Simpsons, yeah. but they are sort of under new management, and they're wanting to uh, develop some of their own properties, and and you know it's it's just it's an option. We're at the very start of yeah. a process. We have some ideas, and I, I can't really go into it about how this would work as a as a series, um, and we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. This this is actually the the news is actually several months old, but we finally. It's a really interesting question. I mean, this is something that that I've been talking to to Kyle about. And and, and again, this gets back to the idea of like owning a a property specifically of, you know, of having, I guess, a couple of like characters. But it it seems like it would be a hard thing to build a series around. We have some we have some ideas that would actually, you know, there's there's there are there are things that are pretty clear in my mind about how it would work and, and how you would sort of. Work the disparate elements into a into a narrative. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like you could have said, like life in hell was not necessarily sure. something that you would look at and say, yeah, you know, we could spin this off. Like, like it's just a matter of having. You, I really think you can come up yeah. with something. The point is the the atti- the underlying attitude and the humor and the writing. And as long as all that is yeah. smart and we have smart people working on it, um, it'll work. It'll it'll be good. Um, but we are at. 
like I've been, a lot of people have been congratulating me on this. It's just, it's like I'm at the bottom of a mountain and I'm, yeah. I'm, I've announced that I'm going to try to climb yeah. the mountain and people are saying, hey, that's great. What does it look like from the top of the mountain? And I was like, I, I will tell you. And you a know year, a lot of people who've fallen off that mountain, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> right. like, there's no guarantee yeah. you're going to make it all the way up. But, you know, it takes, it's a very yeah. long walk just to get to the base of the mountain. So it is kind yeah. of exciting news. Yeah. Is this something that you had thought about? I mean, it, oh, yeah, ever, yeah. It, okay, yeah. so it had occurred to you that there was some possibility that this could lead to some sort of adaptation? Yeah, I mean, I just didn't know how to make yeah. those contexts. I, I mean, these things, I, I, my career has really been a succession of things falling in my lap. Um, you know, I, I keep a lot of lines in the water. Yeah. I, I connect with people. I, I, I met Eddie Vedder in the year 2000. We sort of stayed in touch. And then in 2008 or 9, whenever it was, I ended up doing one of their album covers. But it kind of fell in yeah. my lap. IDW kind of fell in my lap. because, and, and, and again, I guess maybe I'm not giving myself credit. Sure. It fell in my lap because I had the Kickstarter. Sure, sure. And I actually work at this stuff pretty hard. But Film Roman just contacted me out of nowhere. That, that really fell in my lap. So are you, are you shocked when you look at it that you've been able to make such a long career out of being a cartoonist? I, I yes and no. I mean, I'm I'm sort of a a stubborn person, and yeah. I, I just kind of keep plowing yeah, yeah. on ahead. And I'm yeah. I'm pretty convinced that I'm right, and everyone else is wrong. <laughs> it's a it's a good quality in a political cartoonist. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I as I say, a little more nuanced as I get older. But yeah, yeah no, it's just kind of been a a, a, a stubborn refusal to give yeah. up or 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 admit defeat. And and if you stubbornly stick yeah. with something for 25 years then you've got this huge body sure. of work to show for it are you do, do you do you get sick of your art style something that requires uh not sick of it but it's it's uh yeah i mean i i would you know it's that's kind of i try to find ways yeah. to mix it up i try to find ways to make it interesting yeah. and so i spend a lot of time doing weird little things with it or, or trying to come up with other you know, the the riff where I have the weird tentacled aliens was yeah. was just because I wanted to do something interesting and different. And, and do you, do so you get spend, do you get jealous of like Ruben Bowling that he gets to kind of do artistically what he wants week to week? Yeah, I mean, he's not. I mean, he's got his. You know, yeah. I, I mix it up in my own way. Yeah. You know, you. I, I I was in on the way here. I was reading an interview that you did with Gary Groth a while back for the comics. Oh, that's very uh, old. That yeah, one. yeah. Um, I mean, it was good. It was helpful. Uh, but no, I, he, I had to reread that when yeah. I was putting together the twenty-five, uh, the the yeah, the, the twenty-five year it's compilation. Very, it's a very. It's, it's a little. It's a strange feeling yeah. to go back and and look at the things you were. Yeah, where your, saying where your head in was interviews at the, time. at the very start of the career. Yeah, you know? was it that long ago? Yes. That was like 1992 or something. Oh, I mean, we're, oh. we're, that interview, we're yeah. talking about Bill Clinton and, and yeah, yeah. the upcoming election. But already at that point, if it is the same interview I'm thinking of, already at that point, you were using the word atrophy to describe your, your, uh, your the, kind of the, the fact that you lost some of, maybe some of your ability to draw and that you weren't practicing it as much I wouldn't say style. I lost it, but I wasn't yeah. I wasn't. But atrophy is practice. a word you use. Yeah. yeah. Um, well... I, I I was always interested in in these weird collage experiments, and then sort of combining them yeah. into cartooning, and and that's just kind of the 
the road I went down. I mean, I I, I could have very easily done a, a a life in hell sort of cartoon. Yeah. Like that is the sort of cartooning I did when I was a kid. You know, yeah, googly eyes and simple sure. drawings and simple characters, and I could have done that. Yeah, but my 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 visual. I don't know. My 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 appetite surpassed yeah. my my natural talent, and I just right. yeah. I guess I found ways to work around that. Yeah. Do, do you do you do you see yourself at some point in the next couple of years? I mean, you know, we're talking about this uh, this potential animated series, but it is again an adaptation of this work. Do you see yourself doing something artistically that's just fully outside of this world? Yeah, um, I do. But the problem is. This work takes up like yeah. most of my creative yeah. energy, and when I finish it, you know, and, it, and it's it's stressful. It's stressful yeah. because I have to make sure that I know what I'm talking about if I'm asserting something as fact, and yeah. I have to uh, I have to uh, I have to sort of brace myself. No matter what I write about, every week yeah. someone's going to be mad at me. Sure. It's going to be, you know. Most often Republicans, but I've, I've made a lot of Obama fans very angry at me. Over, you know, yeah. when I talk about the surveillance state or, yeah. or the drone war, uh, the the ongoing yeah. drone warfare, like people get really mad about anything that you know even implicitly criticizes Obama. So whatever I'm writing about every week, people are going to respond negatively. Somebody is going to respond negatively, and that's that's stressful. When yeah. It's we when it is your life, when it is your life. It, but it's you know, it's not unique to me. It's anyone who writes about politics. That's just that's just that just comes with it, right? It, and, it, and now we're in this world where yeah. where you're just in this world of 24/7 constant feedback, and and it is it's kind of exhausting sometimes. I would like to take a break. I, w- I would like to do I would like to work on something on a on a long horizon. I would like to work on a novel or a, or a yeah. just a larger project that is not in that that weekly deadline. That's yeah. my fantasy. That's my escape fantasy. <laughs> and I who knows if it will who yeah. knows if I will ever carve out the time. It will probably mean taking a hiatus from the yeah. weekly strip if I do that. But but you're using the word hiatus, and that implies that like you 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 don't really foresee this going away at any point. It, it feels like a part of me. It feels yeah. like a very every time I think about actually quitting, it feels like chopping yeah. off part of my body. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so yeah. It's it's how I it's it's how, it's such a big part of yeah. how I of who I am in the world. Is it enjoyable still? Yeah, I mean, I mean. You know, the work is hard and frustrating, and I, sure. I was just talking about yeah. the more negative elements, but the people I meet and the experiences I have and the feedback I get and the conversations I have with people, you know, I wouldn't trade any of yeah. that. It's my, my, my life is so much more interesting uh, and just so much richer and fuller than it ever would have been if I had not done this work. There you go. That was Tom Tomorrow. Thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time to do that. We did that at uh, New York Comic Con. That was the first of two conversations out of New York Comic Con from a couple weeks ago. I've got a bit of a backlog right now, but uh, IDW asked me to move that one to the front of the line because Tom has a new book that is out right now called Crazy is the New Normal. You should pick that up and uh, check out all of his stuff. It's um, extremely timely. I told them... You know, I told them that I would uh, put it up as, as, as quickly as possible, uh, you know, particularly given the fact that uh, we have an election coming up in, in the very near future. Uh, Tom is um, 
working uh, working double triple overtime in order to to make this trip as relevant as possible as he as he mentioned during the conversation um so uh <laughs> i think there's been like five or six or seven crazy things that trump has done since then but um the the most recent thing was the uh the, the billy uh bush Access Hollywood uh, uh, bus tape that had just come out, so he was kind of working through that in his brain and figuring out how he was going to incorporate that into the next week's comic, which uh, pretty much meant him him uh, going home on Sunday night and, and, and re-triggering the script a little bit, but um, really, really great stuff. I've been a fan of, uh, of his work for you know, a long time. They, uh, they syndicated his strip at the uh, uh, Metro Santa Cruz. I started reading it during college. Uh, really, really terrific. Glad glad uh, he's around. Glad we've still got some uh, some great political cartoonists out there. Um, also, really interesting watching him at the show because they made these... Um, these, these, these are really horrific. I'm looking at one right now. These, uh, these terrifying cardboard Trump masks. Uh, and they, were, they had... Uh, different uh, cosplayers walking around so you can see like a Darth Vader, Donald Trump, things like that. Uh, so check that out over at uh, Tom's uh, Tom's site. Check it out over at IDW. Pick up his new book. Thanks to him for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks to Stephen at IDW for uh, for setting up that conversation. Uh, thanks to you guys as always for, for listening to the show. If you liked what you heard, if you are a big fan and listen to us week for week to week, uh, consider supporting us over on uh, over on Patreon if you could just uh, toss a couple bucks our way every week that would help a lot if you don't have any money because you're a, a poor starving artist then uh, just uh, write us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast that also helps quite a bit uh, that helps us get uh, guests in the future uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing the show together uh, if you uh, if you've got any feedback it's rylcast at gmail.com uh, riylcast.tumblr.com is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L related information uh, like us on Facebook and I think that's about all I got lots and lots of good shows coming up so stick around because we'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of R-I-Y-L R-I-Y-L